we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for February 19th, 2024. And uh, today is just going to be, it's going to be some current events at the beginning and then delving into a subject. I would label this teaching overall as the second, second most important teaching I've ever done out of the over 2,000 I've ever put up. It's really that big of a deal, the subject matter. And I am going to attempt to build on what I'm covering more closer to the end with a couple different current events um, to dramatize and build upon the foundation I'm trying to lay with what we're ultimately talking about at the end. This is super important for really any Christian, I think, to hear, <clears throat> particularly ones that are maybe unsure about their salvation. There's going to be really no sugarcoating in this teaching. I'm really trying to hit this subject head on and not from a sanctimonious holier than thou I'm better than you perspective because as I've said many many times if I got what I deserved apart from the Lord Jesus Christ all I would get is death and hell and that's all I deserve apart from him so I'm not going to say a whole lot more about that yet but I got about 10 pages in this PDF to cover and then a pretty sizable, uh, about a 35 minute audio I'm going to be playing. Now, to start out with, we're going to be talking about abortion. <clears throat> and I list here at the very beginning, uh, Scott Johnson's three-part teaching. Now, I'm leading up to a current event that it just came out regarding the total amounts of abortions that are taking place on planet earth and that's just what we know about that evidently the who the world health organization released now it may be much higher than that but these initial reports here are building up to that point I initially posted here to start out to start out with Scott Johnson's three-part teaching, the occult roots of abortion, Planned Parenthood, Margaret, Sang Margaret Sanger exposed vaccines derived from aborted babies. And there's a three-part teaching I did back in 2007. So very, very, you know, long time ago, I did this three-part, uh, part one, two, and three. I, I list those here, or you can key in abortion occult at contendingfortruth.com. You'll find it or you should. In this teaching, we will be looking at the occult roots of abortion with little-known historical facts about abortion and how they relate to witchcraft and modern-day feminism. Patricia Ware Baird Wendell, founder and owner of a Ware Woman Center for Choice, a.k.a. an abortion clinic. Um, she, she owns an abortion clinic. Uh, was quoted saying, quote, you practice your religion and let me practice mine. My religion is holy ritual child sacrifice. So there's just one example of a honest witch that owns an abortion clinic 
saying, this is how I practice my religion. I do it through murder. I murder babies as my, she calls it holy. It's obviously as unholy as it gets. Unholy ritual child sacrifice. And she's telling you, get out of my face. You practice your religion and I'll practice mine. Mine, mine does happen to involve murder. You know, murdering the most innocent among us, the, the ones that are the most least capable of protecting themselves. Sure. But that's how Patricia Baird Wendell rolls, so to speak. On August 4th, 1992, two employees of the Aware Woman Abortion Clinic that we just mentioned, Veronica Jordan and Rebecca Morris, registered a nonprofit religious corporation known as the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida or RWCF, abbreviation. The stated purpose of the RWCF is to provide an umbrella organization for witch covens throughout the state of Florida. The incorporation papers list the two abortion clinic employees as directors of the Wiccan organization. Oh, also, you might have noticed I didn't pray the warfare prayer at the start of this. The reason I didn't do that for today is if you were to refer, refer somebody to the study, and this study is probably going to offend the average, I guess, person that would identify as a Christian. It shouldn't offend them, okay, but it most likely will. I want to just start out with just the content for today and not have them shut down because they hear some warfare prayer that they're totally unfamiliar with that concept and then they just... Throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because like I said, <clears throat> honestly, <clears throat> I don't know if this is the most important study I've ever done or the second. Because I understand you can't really compare it with the salvation study that I did. But so many people that think they're saved, and I would say the vast majority of Christians, of which there's, you know, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of flavors, denominations, outright cults. All of them think they're saved. All of them think they're they're going to heaven. But all that really matters is what the word of God says about that, what is clearly stated, and the parameters. That's what matters. It doesn't matter what a denomination teaches you, or some cult, or some false religion. I build everything on the solid rock of Christ Jesus in the King James Bible. That's all I'm going off today. I'm trying to keep my opinion out of this. The scriptures are very clear on this subject. And yes, we're going to hear a testimony um, regarding this. But I, everything in the testimony, as even the, the guy that, the I believe, pastor that's you know interviewing him, he says everything in here is in the Bible. It's not like this is some new doctrine. It is in the Bible. So that's what we're going by. And... Um, I just think that because of all that, this is right, right near the top of any study I have ever put out because there's nothing more important than your eternal destination. There's nothing more important than that. And this is not a study you're going to hear in almost any church that you would ever, I never heard this study really 
in any church I was ever in or something like it. Uh, okay, so going back to this table of contents for this my teaching, and that's what I'm reading. I'm reading the table of contents for my three-part teaching on abortion I did back in 2007. Uh, so the incorporation papers list two abortion clinic employees as directors of the Wiccan organization shortly after the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida was founded. So she's got two overt witches. They're probably all witches that work at this abortion clinic. And they're practicing their religion of unholy child sacrifice. So not only are they making money off the murder of innocent babies, and they love it, uh, but they're also gaining more power as witches. And this is one of the main ways they gain power is through child sacrifice because there's really no greater way as a witch or a warlock or an occultist or whatever you call yourself to gain power or to please Satan more than child sacrifice. So, um, shortly after the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida was founded, Carol Ebbing, another aware woman abortion clinic employee procured the book entitled quote the sacrament of abortion by Gannette paris a witch in france who presents abortion as a sacred act and a sacrifice to artemis artemis is one of the many deities of child sacrifice you've got artemis you've got moloch you've got lilith you've got chemosh there's more but those are those are kind of the some of the big, big ones you'll hear a lot. In this teaching, we will also be endeavoring to show you how the struggle against this horrific act is primarily an endeavor to, um, is it primarily a spiritual one. Throughout history, certain pagan cultures have sacrificed human infants to satanic deities as a part of a complicated ritual in return for favors asked of them, asked of the deities, these devils. While few of those involved in abortion today are consciously engaged in child sacrifice well i don't know if that's even true at this point that is precisely what abortion is the sacrifice of a human life on the altar of convenience to the god of self now the altar of convenience to the god of self you're going to hear that concept again with the testimony that i'm going to be playing and here's here's a picture of cuomo New York City, whatever, at the time when he was in office, signing a new abortion law, and it's uh, into thing, and it shows these people around him all looking on lovingly, all these these devils in high government in New York City, looking at him and laughing and smiling and so happy. And then there's a caricature below it where it has like the angel of death behind them with his wings spread and. All these devils have horns, which is basically in the spirit world, if you can see them as they are, that's probably what they, you know, kind of look like. But yeah, I, I, I posted that in another teaching, but I thought it was, I, I went through my, it's over 60 pages, my, my file on just abortion and kind of cherry pick some of the things I have covered previously. And that was one of them. And then, then there was a report, a former Satanist says, and here's a link you can click on so you can read it for yourself. And this is not what I just covered in my table of contents. This was much later. Former Satanist says, quote, I perform satanic rituals inside abortion clinics, end of quote. Deuteronomy 27.25 says, Cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person. 
and all the people shall say amen. Meaning they'll say amen because cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person. Well, wouldn't that be the doctor, the abortion clinic owner, um, you know, the nurses, anybody really, anybody maybe that's invested in that? Aren't you taking a reward to slay an innocent person? I mean, the mother's involved in that too, and the father, as far as I'm concerned. Sacrificed on the God of convenience, or on the altar of convenience. Now, if someone, if my listeners, any of them have had abortions, and another, I, listen, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to judge you at all, okay? God can forgive you. I was involved in an abortion as a long, long time ago. Before I was saved, it was probably about, probably about a year before I got actually saved. Last year, chiropractic college. I uh, was with a, I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but I was, um, you know, I was I was on the cusp of being the man in my own way, the, the way that I'd been brought up from a really secular standpoint. Um, I'd just done like Mr. Atlanta bodybuilding competition. I was, you know, I, I was, I, and again, it's, it's not like I'm trying to brag here. I, I was pretty good looking dude at the time. And um, I was dating a girl named Tracy that was basically like, she flew all over and modeled all over America. She was worked at a really big um, uh, modeling agency in Atlanta. And... Um, I met her at the apartment complex I was at. She was, she lived there and I met her and um, we started dating and I mean, she was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. And I got her pregnant and I'm sure she would have had the baby. She was, she did go to church. I believe she was a Methodist and her mom was a Christian and I encourage her to have an abortion. And I mean, that's all I had ever known. My mom, I grew up and my mom gave money to Planned Parenthood every month. She was in like, you know how they would march? Like Planned Parenthood, they might have marches, pro-abortion marches. My mom would march in those, okay? That's all I ever knew. Now, that's not an excuse. I'm just saying that was my mindset. I didn't, you know. And I encouraged her to get an abortion, I remember I remember being in the parking lot and, and I didn't even go in there with her. That's how much of a devil I was. Sent her in there, sit out in the car, like it was nothing evidently. And she came back out and um, yeah, the deed was done. So I sacrificed one of my children on the altar of convenience. I didn't want to I turned out, it turned out that I just, um, when I came back to Florida, I, I, she would have married me. I, I, she was a sweetheart. She really was an absolute sweetheart. You, you normally don't meet people that look like her that actually are sweethearts. Hardworking would have probably taking a bullet for me and, the, and this is like within the first year i don't even know why i was a total 
scumbag, basically. Narcissistic, self-centered, pride-filled devil. Worthy, amply worthy of hellfire. Amply. Should have, you know. And when I came back to Florida, I just kind of broke it off with her. And she'd call me up like crying. And I mean, it was like kicking a puppy dog. But you wonder why you talk, I talk about me getting chastened of God. Because God sent me another Tracy about, mm, I don't know, after I broke it off with her, probably about six months later. And now Tracy was for my chastisement, for my judgment. And that about killed me. And I had another one that Satan sent me after her. And that one really almost killed me. So I'm not sitting over here like I'm some like I'm on some kind of high horse thinking that, you know, I got I'm so puritanical and pure. I'm not. I'll be the first one to admit it. It, it literally, if 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 I were like, if God were to sit there and and judge me, it'd be hard for me not to be in total agreement with Him. Now I'm talking apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, His shed blood, His death, burial, and resurrection, His finished work on the cross. What could I say to God? What could I say to Him? So that's my background. That was just, you know. That, that's probably the worst thing I've ever done in my life, I would say. I, I don't say you get much worse. And that happened probably, I think that was 1993. Probably the summer or the spring when I... I mean, it wasn't like I was, I was like threatening her with the abortion, but she just kind of went along with it because, you know... She wanted to please me and, and, you know, you don't get away with stuff like that. I feel like I still pay for that. I'm still paying for that. And I richly deserve that. I do. Um, I've never had any relationship with a woman that's been anything but just like totally dysfunctional. And unbiblical, really. I had a weird relationship with my mom. Just There was just no real bond there. I don't think she wanted me. I don't, you know, I think there was a lot of evidence of that that I found out later. And I just could never bond with my mom. I really could never bond with my dad that much. Although I think I bonded with my dad more than my mom. Even though my dad was a total psychopath. And almost killed me on I don't know how many occasions. Just for like over nothing. I've, talk, I've told those stories before. I mean, literally to the point of almost death. He, you know, smothered me and beat me and, you know. So, you know, I was messed up. I still am messed up from it. I still am. I'm not saying that, that I'm just made whole. And I'm not saying God couldn't totally, totally. But I think a lot of times healing can take place 
over a lifetime. And, and we're still going to battle the flesh till the day we die. We're still going to do that. There, there's, you know, we, we're still going to have, most likely have baggage, no matter what we do. You know, it's it's not like you can just wave a wand and take all those memories away and all the bad things you did away. I think of all the, the girls that I hurt along the way, just being a horrible, horrible, self-centered, narcissistic devil, you know? And then I started reaping what I sow. When you always reap more than you sow. So that's my, that's my background in this. So there's no, there's, there's, there's no high horse on my part at all. So, um, yeah, cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person. Then Proverbs 8, 36, but he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul and all they that hate me love death. So when you see people marching in abortion or, or, or screaming and like banshees and 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 flailing and wanting more and more and more abortion that's just one of the probably most primal purest examples of all they that hate me love death psalm 106 37 yea they sacrifice their sons and their daughters unto devils and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. That's what happens when you abort babies. You pollute the land with blood. You curse the land. Just like if men with men and women with, men with men and women with women this is all in the Bible, like mostly like in Leviticus in those places, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. This is why the remedy for all that was you take them out and you kill them. Women with animals, men with animals in a sexual way, that's another one. You take them out and you kill them. Witches, thou shall not suffer a witch to live. This is Old Testament. I'm not saying we go and take them out and, and you kill them. I'm just telling you, there are biblical things there are biblical reasons that was stated, and, and, and um, the reason that you killed them is because you were trying to break the blood guiltiness off the land. You were trying to purge the land of the witches, of the homosexuals, of the sodomites and the lesbians and those committing bestiality. You were you were because it brought a curse on the land. And the land would be polluted, polluted with blood. That's why you did it. We need that now more than ever. We need God to do it. I'm not saying we should go out and, but I'm saying we need God. And this is why I've been so big on, you know, in those types of imprecatory prayers. Because when we don't have God's judgment, we wind up in the shape that we're in, which is just look around. And that's what we're covering today. We're covering the worst Subject here right off the bat. Abortions by the millions. I think this is probably the most nearest and dearest subject to God's heart. It's ch child sacrifice. So I'm starting with that most extreme example. 
because it's applicable today to today's teachings. I'm again, I'm kind of trying to lay a foundation. So the land of, of America, the the world is polluted with blood, the blood of the innocents. Now more now than than it ever has been. Because every day more and more abortions take place. And it pollutes the land and it curses the land and Satan knows that and he loves it. And then it begets more sin, it allows more demons to come in, it allows the land to become more defiled, all these abominations taking place. And then just wickedness becomes the norm. Proverbs 6, 16 through 17 says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Now, that would be very applicable to abortion, you know, doctors, these types of people in particular. I mean, hands on. Um, now, I'm not going to read all the other ones that talk about, but for, for the sake of this one, the hands that shed innocent blood was the point I was trying to make. Then Isaiah 59, 6 and 7 says, Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Meaning they, they want to do it. They want to, they really want to, they're so motivated to shed innocent blood. They make haste to shed it. They run to evil. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their past. And it reminds me of these Satanists, like, you know, Lucian Greaves or whatever. All these ones that are trying to erect all these satanic, uh, Baphomet, Goat of Mendez things in state capitals. And they're, they're knowing that it's bringing a curse already on a, on a cursed place. And they're so adamant about them being able to practice their religion, even though it involves murder. Now, what if I say as a, I don't know, I make up my own cult and I say, you know, my religion is sacrificing all you Satanists. That's my religion. How dare you prevent me from, from uh, practicing my religion? My religion involves sacrificing all you devil Satanists and all you ones wanting to have abortion clinics and, and, and using them in your child sacrifice. And it's, it's happening. I reported on it not too long ago. They're overtly doing it. There's a place in New Mexico overtly doing it. Oh, I'd be locked up. I'd be, I'd be locked up before I ever could lay a hand on anybody, probably. But they're allowed to sacrifice the most innocent above us and are protected. I just, I, I like I like to turn the tables and, and, and pose the opposite questions. Their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. Yeah, pretty much. Deuteronomy 19.9 and 10 says, If thou shalt keep these all these commandments to do them, which I command thee this day, to love the Lord thy God and to walk in his ways, that innocent blood be not shed in thy land. Oh, we can't say that about here. Now, I don't, on planet Earth, I don't know I'm sure there's places where hopefully innocent blood is not being shed. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is even if you didn't have an abortion clinic in your town, you could have Satanists 
doing this behind the scenes. So only God knows where innocent blood is not being shed. But, but see, now this is the norm. That innocent blood be not shed in the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. And so blood be upon thee. In other words, if innocent blood is shed in your land, that blood's going to be upon you. So it will affect everyone. It'll affect the Christians. It'll affect the non-Christians. It'll affect the pagans. It'll affect everybody. And the land becomes cursed. I, 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 I'm resurrecting this little report. I believe this is from 2015. And they've tried to sanitize this off the internet. But I've got the full thing. I covered this at the time. I'm just gonna I'm gonna re recover this again because this is a great example of where the quote churches. Now I'm not saying all the church, but you've got the 501c3 corporate church in America, where the pastors go to this to the basically the 501c3 I'm sure cemeteries seminaries and get brainwashed. And not everything they're being taught is bad. It kind of depends which one you go to. But they're typically telling you, yeah, yoke up with the state and, and become a, a corporate entity of the state with your 501c3 tax-exempt status. That way you'll be able to get the benefits of tax exemption and, and your parishioners will be able to write it off, even though the Bible says, you know, you're not to give to be seen among men. And a lot of people do in those situations and they get treated with preferential treatment. I know I kind of did when I was in the church. Oh, he's a doctor. Oh, oh, he's... You know, especially write a check. They know who they know how much money you're given. You get treated differently. Most churches I was ever in, I did. I got to the point where I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't need to be doing this. I'm just going to give everything in cash. They still knew, because I was the only one doing it. I guess just about. And the one church I was at near the end, it was like they would still. I, this collection trade goes by, and I just put in, and. They still know. <laughs> I don't know. They got like monitors or something. I don't know. I'm not saying all churches are that way. Okay, but the ones I have been in, yeah, kind of that way. Um, Planned Parenthood's overwhelmingly Christian clergy advisory board says the abortion mill slash industry is doing God's work. So Planned Parenthood is doing God's work according to these wonderful 501c3 corporate clergy and pastors reverends even though the bible says we only use the word reverend one time in the king james and it's in reference to god holy and reverend is he put in that word in the keyword search box i did like a 15 minute 20 minute teaching on it how that's not a biblical title for any human if you ask me i mean i think the bible's very clear on it can't imagine calling myself reverend. Oh, I want to be reverenced. Call me reverend. It's not a biblical title. It's a title based in unbiblical pride. Did you know that Planned Parenthood where abortion accounts for 94% of its business has a clergy advisory board or a CAB, a CAB, so they've got clergy advising them. Most of them, the vast majority of them, as we will see, are so-called Christians. Christian clergy are advising them. 
Planned Parenthood describes the board as a network of clergy members from a variety of denominations throughout the religious community. On the heels of the Pro-Life Center for Medical Progress, release of a series undercover video shows Planned Parenthood officials cheerfully chatting and haggling about the harvesting and sale of aborted baby parts. I played all the clips. I mean, I was just looking through the, the abortion file I had today. It was, you know, over 60 pages. And I mean, just all the stuff I've covered over the years and a lot of it I probably forgot to repost in there. It's so hard because I've got to constantly redo and update my files and I've got hundreds of files. And it's so hard to keep up just with that one thing. It's just... Because, you know, I'm, I'm doing studies every week and I'm, I'm, I've got new content and I've got, you know, stuff that needs to be added into this or whatever. So I, I've tried to do as good as I can, but man, it's, it's a lot. Anyway, um, so yeah, they describe, describes their board as a network of clergy members from a variety of denominations throughout the religious community. On the heels of the Pro-Life Center for Medical Progress, they release a series of undercover videos Oh, I'm sorry, I read this. Planned Parenthood officials cheerfully chatting and haggling about the harvesting and sale of aborted baby parts. Its clergy advisory board released a statement yesterday condemning the CMP, which is the maker of the videos. Yeah, of course. Because if you're Satan, you don't want that video or videos of Planned Parenthood officials cheerfully chatting and haggling about the harvesting and sale of aborted baby parts. You don't want that getting out. So the clergy advisory board then comes out. The good Christians for Planned Parenthood, clergy advisory board, they come out and condemn those videos. It had been better that they had not known the way of God, like the Bible talks about in Hebrews. It would have been far better if they had not known anything about Christianity or whatever than for them to uh, yoke up with Planned Parenthood and then condemn videos that expose Planned Parenthood. And then they, you know, they're, I mean, they're condemning the videos. It'd been better that they had not known. Because their punishment will be far worse. Their, their punishment in hellfire will be far worse. That's what the Bible does say. Insisting that Planned Parenthood is simply doing God's work. That's what they say. The sick, twisted, warped devils that call themselves Christians. They call themselves pastors and reverends and clergy. They say Planned Parenthood is, quote, doing God's work. The, bar, the board called the videos, which are the dismemberment and the sale of aborted babies. They call the videos um, exposing this. They call the videos exposing the dismemberment and the sale of aborted babies theologically and morally reprehensible. That's a quote. Talk about calling something good, evil, and evil good. See, they don't, this clergy board doesn't want you to know the devices of Satan, lest he get an advantage of you. They want you to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. They want you to call good, evil, and evil good. So in their sick, twisted, warped, demon-possessed brains, they say 
that these videos, which are showing Planned Parenthood celebrating dismemberment and the sale of aborted babies, they say those videos are theologically and morally reprehensible. This is how sick and twisted the so-called clergy are. The clergy advisors accuse the CMP of conducting a smear campaign and using fraudulent and extreme tactics. Now, the CMP are, is again the pro-life center, uh, center for medical progress. So they're like the good guys. Okay, the clergy's advisors accused the CMP of conducting a smear campaign and using fraudulent and extreme tactics to spread false allegations about Planned Parenthood's role in tissue donation. No, they didn't. They presented an absolutely 100% transparent, honest assessment of what is going on. You just got caught, you satanic scum, and you don't like it. So you'll double down on your defense of Satan and one of his greatest... Uh, organizations on the planet, Planned Parenthood, in the abortion industry, you're going to double down on your defense of them because you are of your father, the devil, and of his lust and of his works, you will do. And he was a murderer from the beginning and you're cut from the same cloth. You're a vessel of wrath prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. The Bible says it's they're fitted. Vessels of wrath fitted for God's destruction. They were, And that word means prepared ahead of time. There are wicked vessels of Satan walking around on the planet that are unredeemable and they were prepared for this condemnation. I don't understand how that all works, but the Bible says the wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. God hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. The Bible talks about the wheat, the wheat and the tares. There's nothing that a tear is a weed. There's nothing that a tear can ever do to genetically convert itself into wheat. It's a different DNA. But the tares and the wheat grow up together. So if you see somebody operating in this level of extreme wickedness like this, having no conscience at all, I tend to think that they never had one. I just tend to think that they were wicked. They were men of old, men, like the Bible talks about in Jude, men of old who were basically ordained under this condemnation. They, they crept in unawares to the church, despite their liberty, and, and the Bible talks about that in Galatians as well. They're prepared ahead of time. They're men of old, they're, they're or women, whoever. So these are Satan's mouthpieces. These are the modern-day Pharisees and Sadducees that call good evil and evil good. Some verses that came to my mind. Isaiah 14, 9, the first part of it. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee. This is what I would like to speak to them. These clergy members. And Isaiah 5, 14, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and hath opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. Like all those devils in the picture I posted where they're rejoicing about Cuomo signing that abortion bill and these devils that re rejoice in defending Planned Parenthood and call themselves Christians. They're, they're, they're really in for it. They're, in fact, they're, they're going to undergo punishment like 
you can't even, you wouldn't even want to envision in hell. So now at the time of this, I believe this was 2015. I don't know what it is now. It's probably just very similar. Here are the 14 members of the Planned Parenthood's clergy advisory board. Okay. Again, they've, they've tried to sanitize this off. They had a hard, I couldn't find this original report. The original link was gone. You know, I was able to find a little bit about it, but not a lot. But this is why I save stuff from previous studies and then I'll make files because I know a lot of times that then like the stuff I posted on 9-11 last week, <laughs> most of the links I would have tried to repost, all of them were gone because Satan wants to sanitize truth off the internet. So the 14 members include three Reformed Jews, three Episcopalians, supposedly those are Christians, two United Church of Christ, another supposed Christians, two Baptists, one Unitarian, one christian church doc whatever that is one and just only one sufi and one muslim because I, I think the reason they they have it this way is they really want to for any christians that would look at the advisory board they want to show you see these are what real christians have to say about this they're not going to get a whole lot of probably pushback from you know the reformed jews or Muslims or Sufis. I'm going to really get a lot of push pushback from them. But God already has those denominations. But Satan seeks to discredit anything that has a Christian veneer on it. Hence why you have this. And they, here, they're all listed out here. All their names, what they are. Reverend Susan Russell, who's the vice chair. All Saints Episcopal Church in Pasadena, California. Reverend David A. Ames, Providence, also an Episcopal. Reverend Thomas Davis, Saratoga Springs, New York, United Church of Christ. It's all reverends. It's just nauseating. Shows them all, all 14. So, and I'm just giving you a little bit here, but here is the Planned Parenthood Clergy Advisory Board statement with my rebuttals in green. I, I really cut this down because it was it's it's very long. Um, my original teaching I did on this, and you could probably find it by doing a keyword search for uh, Planned Parenthood, God's work. You'll probably find, or Planned Parenthood's advice, clergy or advisory board. If you just did a keyword search like that on contendingfortruth.com, you would find this teaching, I'm pretty sure. So anyway, um, but here's just a little bit. Here's what they said. Here's what this hell-bound uh, Planned Parenthood clergy advisory board statement said and warning there's graphic material in this but I did cut it I cut it off a lot as faith leaders commit committed to justice honesty and liberty this is how they start this thing out my comment was no justice or liberty for the un the unboard the aborted unborn though as faith leaders committed to justice, honesty, and liberty, all total lies right off the bat, we are troubled by the decades-long campaign of harassment against Planned Parenthood and those they serve. They serve Satan. They serve themselves. They serve, you know, what Artemis, Moloch, Chemosh, Artemis, you know, Lilith. That's who they serve. 
But they're troubled by the decades-long campaign of harassment against Planned Parenthood and, and those they serve. They're, but they're not troubled against the millions of innocent aborted babies that they have that they're responsible for. No, they're not. They're not troubled by that at all. They love that. That makes them happy. Our faiths demand care for those marginalized by poverty and other oppressions. Oh, so here we go with the excuses of why these women had to have abortions. Our face to men, care. Care is, is killing your baby. That's what that's translated as. For those marginalized by poverty and other uh, oppressions. So not being able to get abortion on demand at any time for any reason is oppression to this clergy team. Now, my comment was being killed as an innocent baby is the greatest oppression of them all. Then they go on to say faith leaders have supported Planned Parenthood for nearly a hundred years. What kind of faith leaders? The Church of Satan? The OTO? The Ordo Templar Orientis? That Aleister Crowley started? Yeah, I imagine they would. Faith leaders. Faith in Satan? They've supported Planned Parenthood for over nearly a hundred years because our shared goals, every person, regardless of income, race, or religion, deserves access to safe. It's not very safe for the baby or the mother. Baby winds up dead pretty much 100% of the time. And as we're going to see, the mother, uh, the mother is also very, and the mother basically brings like a curse on herself. And again, I'm not saying that if I got listeners or other people listen to this, that they can't ask God forgiveness and um, repent of that, you know, you can, but it doesn't work out good for the baby, but they should, they deserve, they deserve. I love that word. You deserve it. You hear that term used a lot in like worldly expressions. And I, I think to myself, oh, deserve. I mean, like I said before, all I deserve apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, his finished work on the cross, is death, death, and hell. It's all I deserve. What I deserve. Whatever. They deserve access to safe, affordable, and high-quality health care. See, that's abortion on demand. Health care. Except if you happen to be in a womb and unable to speak for yourself or defend yourself. That's when you don't deserve anything. You don't deserve safe, affordable health care as a baby in the womb, according to them, even though life does begin at conception. The Bible is very clear in that. He said to the prophet Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He knew Jeremiah before he formed him in the womb. Life begins at conception. And there's tons of other verses on that that confirm that. But that's one of their big, oh, it's just a glob of tissue up until whatever. Yeah, whatever. Not according to the word of God. Not according to the King James Bible. Planned Parenthood provides professional, non-judgmental, high quality, aborticide to people oh sorry health health care to people individuals and families in our congregate in our congregations yes some of whom have had few health care options health care you mean abortion killing your baby options 
but they say they provide professional, um, basically uh, non-judgmental, high-quality care. Yeah, like, and again, this is what this is what they do. They go into churches and, or they go into schools and things of this nature. And I've covered this before. And I my my quote here was was what this this high quality care like advising a, ch a, a teenager to defecate and urinate on her sexual partner. Yeah, that's what they do. They they go into the public schools and they pass out this literature and all their garbage. And a lot of it is the most sick, deviant, sexual garbage you can possibly imagine. And that's what they're advocating. That's their version of non-judgmental, high-quality health care to people and individuals and families. Um, let me see here. And then this, this, I mean, this goes on a lot longer, but... Again, I just don't have time to cover it all today. I did it in the previous study, though. Planned Parenthood does the best of what religious traditions do. Care no matter what. The only thing they care about is the money they're making and the child sacrifice they're performing, which gives their witches and their cultists and their warlocks more power. Care. What about the care for the baby? They really care about the unborn babies they slaughter, obviously. Again, woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. That's all they do. Woe unto these devils on these clergy advisory boards. And then there's there's this. This isn't actually an older um, thing, but it's still all these. I, I checked these um, links. They're all still... Um, viable this presentation it's called massacre of innocence exposing the occult roots of abortion this is a separate present this is an actual 85 minute video uh this presentation looks at the spiritual roots of abortion and exposes the myths surrounding child killing little known historical facts about abortion and how they relate to modern feminism are presented logically and accurately and has been effective in converting many to a pro-life position massacre of innocence goes into where no pro-life presentation has gone before in tearing off the lid, tearing the lid off abortion, really the abortion industry, to reveal the spiritual realities we, we must battle if we will bring an end to this crime. The presentation is absorbing, fast-paced, informative, and incredibly devastating to any attempt to justify abortion. Uh, I remember I tried to watch this um, like one time a long time ago, and I was so messed up from it that I was like devastated for like a week um so yeah if you do watch it just understand it's really heavy duty at last a presentation that ties up the loose ends and looks at the spiritual reality behind abortion well done incisive and um prophetic every christian needs to watch massacre of innocence that was from gary burgle intercessors for america and then there's some different links you can click on. Uh, Abigail Seedman interview about Wiccan rights. And I'm sure they get into the Wiccan rights of abortion. And then Massacre of Innocence, the DVD that you can buy. Massacre of Innocence. Uh, I don't know if that's where you can view it online. Child Sacrifice in the New Age. Witchcraft and Satanism. Are they one and the same? Frequently asked questions about Wicca and abortion rights. The Long Hard Road to Hell, a book, book review. And Child Sacrifice, no, Nothing New Under the Sun. And now... 
I said all that to go over this information that I'm covering right now, which I got this week, which is 73 million abortions happen worldwide each year. It might all, it is almost midnight, but at this stage, most of the population doesn't even care about the endless procession of babies they're having their lives snuffed out at abortion mills. Terms such as massacre, slaughter, and genocide are not nearly strong enough to describe what is taking place on a daily basis. And the vast majority of us t seem to think that there will never be any serious consequences for what it says we are doing. Now, listen, I've tried to fight this, and I know a lot of my listeners have too. So I'm not going to sit here and you know, say, I'm doing this. I've been screaming against this for a very, very long time. Um, but that's the way they worded it. And again, I know a lot of my listeners have too. So, But the truth is that we shall surely reap what we've sown. I knew that the number of abortions that happen worldwide each year was very high, but I didn't know how it was this high. According to the official website, World Health Organization, there are approximately 73 million abortions globally each year. Around 73 million induced abortions take place worldwide. We always hear about America but what about worldwide? 73 million. And that's just what they're admitting to. Um, around 73, uh, 6 out of 10 of all unintended pregnancies. So about 60% of all un unintended pregnancies. And 3 out of 10 of all pregnancies end in induce, induced abortion. And this, these are all cited statistically now I brought this up before and i'll bring it up again this isn't including all the women that are on the pill the patch uh any kind of hormonal birth control mechanism the reason i say that is one of the ways those work is well the the chief way they actually work that makes it like where there's no way you're going to get pregnant typically is because it creates an inhospitable environment in the uterus. When the, when conception occurs, the sperm goes up through into the uterus, through the fallopian tubes to the ovary and will fertilize or, or and it will fertilize an egg typically. Okay. I mean, if, if conception happens properly, what the hormonal uh, levels of birth control do. Now, yes, in some fashion, they can work by maybe not permitting the sperm to get there, but I don't really see how that could that they could really do that. I understand that, that they could make a case for that, but what is the real mechanism whereby which they really work is they do not they create in a environment in the womb in the uterus that does not allow the fertilized egg now this is a conceit this is where conception the fertilized egg is, is conception's already happened comes down the fallopian tube and then it normally in a normal pregnancy it would find a hospitable environment in the uterus where it can implant into the sides of the uterus and that's where the baby starts to grow. Well, what it does is hormonal birth controls, pill patch, these types of things, they do not allow 
the fertilized egg, which is, a, as far as I'm concerned, a baby, conceptions already occurs. They do not allow the fertilized egg. Oh, IUD does the same thing to a certain extent. What, where is the IUD? In, inner and uterine device. Well, it's in the uterus. It's irritating the lining of the uterus so that it's not allowing implementation, implantation of a conceived fertilized egg. So that's another way. Doesn't allow that to happen. So then the baby is aborted. Now that that's not even, that's not, I, 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 I think I heard about one time and had research it and that, and, then, and that website's down. It was called abortion TV. Had a whole thing on all this stuff, but that's not up anymore. I've been around for for a while. I mean, I've been, I've been doing this from the early, really the early, ugh, really into the nineties. So a lot of websites, a lot of Christian websites I've seen have come and go, man. <laughs> you know, I, I go back to recheck them. I'm like, oh, all that information is gone. You know, well, something happened, whatever. Maybe they were targeted. I don't know. But what I just told you, I have never heard in a church ever are those babies any less important in god's eyes the morning after pill we talk about that is are they including that in these statistics no and that wasn't even available until more recently so you got the morning after pill as well in other words the amount of abortions that are actually happening in god's eyes due to the pill, the patch, any hormonal method, IUDs, and the morning after pill could far eclipse 73 million every year and probably does. Because most people that don't want to get pregnant are probably, a lot of times they're maybe trying. They're maybe doing something. And maybe something happens and whatever. But that number could be multiplied 73 million could be multiplied by i don't know how many only god knows that so I'm, I'm i'm just saying i mean so in god's eyes where are we at are we at a billion a year i don't know worldwide that's all they they didn't have that type of uh i believe technology back in noah's day or any other time they didn't have iud's most likely or anything like that or it was never in mass production. It wasn't like we've ever had a medical healthcare system that doles this stuff out. You have hormonal ways to abort your babies, morning after pills. Most likely, if any of that ex existed in times past from like a witchcraft or sorcery practitioner, it would have been very, very, very limited in its use. So in other words, all these millions and in, in, dare I say, let's multiply things over time since Abortion got modernized. You take all those things into account. We've got billions and billions of the blood of innocent babies crying out from the land. The world is so beyond defiled. And to me, like what I'm covering right now in this moment is probably, in God's eyes, the most important thing. I can cover aliens all day long. I can cover, you know, the border and fentanyl coming over and every other way that to me from a god sitting on the throne standpoint is probably priority number one and the biggest thing that is going to bring judgment upon us and upon the church because the bible says judgment must begin at the house of god 
And on the wicked. He's going to judge the wicked. So I have to always throw that in. I have to always throw that in. Um, and I'm not doing it to try to... I'm sure I've lost a lot of listeners over that one over the years. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Like the Bible says in Galatians. Um, going back to this report, it says that um, comprehensive abortion care is included in the list of essential health care services published by the WHO in 2020. So it's essential health care. Again, doesn't work out too good for the baby. Does it? There's no health care for the baby. The, the, the health care is slaughtering the baby in the womb. That's their version of health care. Abortion is, sim is a simple health care intervention that can be effectively managed by a wide range of health workers using medication, like the morning after pill, I'm assuming, or surgical procedure. Now, you notice that the sanitized way they like to put things. So just think about that number for a few moments. If you multiply that number by 10, meaning 730 abortions. Now remember, the, the author of this report is not taking into, con into consideration what I just said. But all the other ways that babies can be aborted and are being aborted, they're not. Um, if you multiply that number by 10, you get 730 million abortions in just one decade. And if you multiply that number right at 20, you get almost 1.5 billion abortions in just two decades. According to Google, the total population of the globe right now is 7.888 billion. So we are talking about a death toll that would represent a very sizable portion of the entire global population. Yeah. In all of history, we can, um, we have never seen carnage on this magnitude. Think about that. We've never seen mass murder carnage of the very most, very, 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 very most innocent on this magnitude ever in the history of mankind. If you believe that we can just keep doing this indefinitely without suffering any consequences, you were dead wrong. Of course, it's just not the babies that die. According to the WHO, lots of mothers are dying too. Each year, 4.7 to 13.2% of maternal deaths can be attributed to unsafe abortion. Estimates from 2012 indicate that in developing countries alone, 7 million per year were treated in hospital facilities for complications of unsafe abortions. So, yeah, that's a big, huge factor too. Now, it wasn't always this way. Prior to the 1970s, abortion was a lot more rare. But then Roe versus Wade made abortion legal in all 50 states, and that opened the floodgates for legalization all over the globe. 50 years later, Roe versus Wade was overturned in the United States. Of course, that decision didn't make abortion illegal in the United States, but suddenly states were free to make their own laws. It was a golden opportunity for us to change in the right direction and do the right thing, but that didn't happen. Instead, the number of abortions performed in the United States actually went up during the 12 months immediately following the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Did you know that? It went up. The average number of abortions performed, and there's a link here to the report on telling you how the abortion rates actually went up, okay? 
During the 12 months following uh, that, the average number of abortions performed each month in the U.S. rose in the year after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade and allowed more than a dozen states to ban the procedure. Uh, according to data released on Tuesday from the research group backed by the Society of Family Planning. The stunning finding, finding masks a deep divide in the abortion access in the U.S. The number of abortions performed in states with near total or six-week abortion bans plummeted, with providers in those states performing over 114,000 fewer abortions than they would have if Roe had not been overturned, according to the data collected by this research group. We count. But at the same time, abortions rose dramatically in the states that still permit the procedure. So it's just like the path of least resistance. Okay, I can't get an abortion in, I don't know, name a state that does, or Georgia, I don't know. So I'll just go to wherever. I'll go to another state. That's basically what it's talking about here. In total, those states performed over 116,000 more abortions than expected before, you know, Roe versus Wade got supposedly overturned or whatever. <laughs> A number of red states did pass new abortion laws, but some of those laws only made abortion illegal after a pregnancy had reached a certain number of weeks. Many of the pro-life movement hailed such laws, but the truth is that they actually legalized most abortions and it'll explain how T today approximately 80 percent of all abortions are performed within the first 10 weeks of pregnancy so if a state passes a law that bans abortion after 12 weeks or after 12 or i'm sorry after 9 or 12 weeks they are actually legalizing the vast majority of abortions that have already taken place because 80 percent of the abortions typically are performed within the first 10 weeks okay so unfortunately survey after survey has shown that most americans want abortion to be legal for example a survey that was conducted late last year there's a link to that found that a record high percentage of americans believe that women should be allowed to obtain a legal abortion if they want one for any reason 55 percent of people said in a new survey that pregnant women should be allowed to obtain a legal abortion if they want one for any reason as well marking one of the highest shows of support for the issue even since the 1970s so obviously from a moralistic standpoint we're not moving in a, in a very good direction the new wall street journal uh called nor norick uh, n-o-r-c at the university of chicago polled 77 percent of democrats said that they support access to abortion for any reason up from 52 percent in 2016 so people's minds are getting more and more darkened. They're becoming more evil. You know, and there's a multitude of reasons for that. But one third of Republicans said that they backed access to abortions for any reasons as well. One third of Republicans, according to the journal. Other surveys have come up with similar results. This is what American people want. And so I hope that they're ready to accept the consequences for their actions. It would help if more of our churches would speak out about the endless slaughter that is happening. But the truth is that most of our churches are quite determined to avoid the topic as much as possible. Instead, they're focused on all sorts of things like the Super Bowl, where human sex trafficking of children is a huge draw for many of the ticket holders that we've recovered. We've 
covered that before. Just keying, Super Bowl, sex trafficking. I'm sure you find it. And that's just one of the many abominations going on in the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about that next. Or here, or in this example, a Methodist pastor in Connecticut was recently arrested for dealing crystal meth out of his church's rectory. Herbert Miller, 63, the reverend of Woodbury United Methodist Church, was arrested Friday after being pulled over by state troopers in Woodbury. He was found to be in possession of crystal methamphetamine in both rock and liquid form, the later of which was discovered in a hypodermic needle ready for injection. If our churches were actually doing what they're supposed to be doing, there would be a major push to ban abortion nationwide. But instead, at this moment, the vast majority of Americans want abortion to remain legal in at least some, well, most circumstances. So the killing will continue, and that should break all of our hearts, because unless we change direction, there's no hope, and there will be no future for the United States of America. So we have that. Bible verses about regarding do not love the world. And it's just 1 John 2, 15 through 19. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist that, that that have heard that Antichrist shall come, that's that is the Antichrist that's in reference to, which we could be very, very close to. Even now there are many Antichrists, and that was even at the time of this writing in first John, okay, long, long time ago, okay. There are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. So really, they're referring to kind of the last time from basically the crucifixion of Christ all the way up until now. But then there's really, really the last time that the Bible talks about with Revelation, Daniel, 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2, Matthew 24, and elsewhere. Okay. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. They would have continued in the word. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But, uh, you know, everybody in, in the uh, world loves to quote that. Oh, the truth shall make you free. No, 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 no. They're, they're taking that out of context. The full uh, context of it, Jesus said, because Jesus was the author of that, is if you continue in my word, in the word of God, in the King James Bible, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So that's, that's a prerequisite for that. But it goes on to say here, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not of us. And again, when I think of like those that clergy advisory board to Planned Parenthood. Maybe some of them started out, I don't know, maybe some of them started out halfway decently. Maybe, maybe some of them started out where they actually did look like they were actual Christians. I don't know. But they went out. And when that, what, what it means there is they went out and they started serving Satan. They, they went out, They went out and they threw the Bible aside. They disregarded the word of God. Why? 
that they might be made manifest that they were not of us. They weren't, they were never of God. I mean, those people doing that, I can't even imagine how seared your conscience. But again, I think they were just vessels of wrath. Anybody that could do that on a Planned Parenthood clergy advisory board. I mean, you're, you're pretty far gone. Okay, so this leads me to my next subject, which is, I got a lot of this this week. Ohio Megachurch performs annual Super Bowl theme service. Women, uh, really it's a woman, woman pastor. Um, woman pastor, okay, unbiblical. Kicks Bible across the stage like a football. And commits blasphemy in numerous other ways. Really, the church commits blasphemy in numerous other ways. That's all they do. Now, I want to give the credit here. This is from winepressnews.com. Um, Crossroads Church in Cincinnati, Ohio, performed their annual over-the-top Satanic Super Bowl theme sermon. Oh, I'm sorry, I threw in the satanic part. Uh, where the church staff and congregants participated in a service that lo is loosely framed as a four-quarter football game, but with preaching and inspirational messaging. Though its home base of operations in Cincinnati, Crossroads has become has a number of established smaller churches throughout Ohio and Kentucky totaling around 40,000 active members. Yeah, you go with the world and, and you do the things of the world, you're going to be blessed of your father, Satan. Of course you are, 100%. The megachurch led by senior pastor Brian Tomey. I mean, when I saw this guy, I'm like, he's the senior pastor. He looks like some kind of like nerdy dude that walked off. He, 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 just, he just reeks novice. Like the Bible talks about novices. That they, you know, they don't need to be in positions where they're they're in any kind of spiritual authority over anybody. He just reeks that. Now, granted, he's most likely a closet Satanist, okay. But just I look at this guy and it's just like, oh, you got to be kidding me! You've got to be kidding me! The mega church led by senior pastor Brian Tomey has not shied away from pushing the boundaries of what is considered acceptable Christian behavior. In 2015, Crossroads published a blog defending their blasé attitudes towards sin and Christian conduct. By one of the members, by one of their members and volunteers, Crossroads has adopted a mantra they called, quote, anything short of sin. And there's there, I literally give you a link. It's ASOS. So in other words, they could do anything in their church that they deem is short of sin. Now, I would think that punting a Bible, it wasn't punting, it was it was like a kickoff in a football game. Doing a kickoff with a Bible, and the Bible had like a, was, was like dressed up like a football kind of, the, the cover was. I would think that that would fall in God's eyes into the realm of sin. Call me crazy. Call me nutty, wacky. But evidently they deemed it was, that was short of sin and all the other worldly wickedness that goes on in this church and so many other churches across America. As things become more degraded, more debauched, more, more uh, sin 
infested, all of these boundaries will continue to be pushed and pushed until there's probably going to be just, they're probably just going to have open orgies in the church eventually. I've talked about that before. That's eventually the, where this will probably end up. Probably child sacrifice in the churches, which is where it'll really end up. With orgies in the church. I, I would think, you know, that's where we're heading here. Because the devil is never content on you just staying in one level of sin. If they don't repent and their conscience becomes more seared, the devil will require more and more and more. So this is just the beginning. Each and every year, Crossroads hosts their Super Bowl of preaching. And um, and again, they don't. I'm sure they don't talk about all the child sex trafficking going on at the Super Bowl. They don't talk about all the wicked halftime show that, and all the commercialism and probably the game's fixed at this point. I mean, I've seen enough about pro football and a lot of pro sports that they're they're fixed um all the money the love of money that motivates it all the i mean it, it's it's like if you think about something carnal in on going on on planet earth in the sports arena there's not a whole lot that's more carnal than the super bowl every year there's just not and you've got things going on there like the the child sex traffickers and in all and so many of the ticket holders that go there for that reason. That's never discussed. It's never talked about. I mean, I, I was listening to Christian radio the other day and, and the guy on there, one of those wildman guys from AFR, he was talking about this, this, this where this woman kicks this Bible across the stage. And he said, yeah, I was at my my uh, Super Bowl, my church watching the Super Bowl, and there our big Super Bowl party with our big like mega screen. And I'm thinking, are you serious? You're 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 condemning them for doing this, but you yourself are sitting in the pews in a church with the mega screen watching the Super Bowl and all the wicked things that that are going on regarding the Super Bowl. And you have the audacity to call them out? But I guess it made him feel better because he wasn't going that far. I mean, it was bad, but he would never admit that. I remember when they first started doing this stuff and I, and I thought way, way back in the day, and I'm like, this this is not right. This is, this is really bad. I'm pretty sure I started hearing about this in the 90s. And now it's just, I guess, normal in a lot of churches. What they should be doing is a sermon exposing all the wickedness going on within the Super Bowl and within really pro sports in particular. I'm not saying there's not wickedness in other uh, sports, okay? But I think when you get to the pro levels especially, it's there's different tiers of things going on there. And I, again, I've done I've done a lot of teachings on the Super Bowl. From the halftime shows to the child sex trafficking. I mean, it's woo, it's really, really bad. But no, 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 no. They're not gonna point any of that out. They're gonna, they're gonna glory in their shame, as the Bible talks about. They're gonna condone it. So each and every year the crossroad hosts their Super Bowl preaching, and though they are they say that they're not after shock value. No. In a million years, they're not after shock value. And marketing, 
but their marketing and their presentations definitely say otherwise. In 2014, Crossroads released a promo. This is unbelievable. In 2014, okay, so 10 years ago, they released a promo building anticipation for their Super Bowl of preaching featuring a Bible getting getting intimate with a football. I guess they were in bed together. A Bible and a football were getting intimate in bed. I tried to find a picture of this and I, I, I found a picture of one of their moron pastors doing like a some kind of weird kundalini stretch on stage where he's got his tongue out and his head up and he just looks like a total moron. The Bible says that everything should be done in decency and in order in the house of God. And we should know, we ought to know how we should behave ourselves. This is absolute madness. Now I've, I've one sect of my journey was the charismatic church. So I know I never saw this kind of stuff going. It was never this bad. And I was at a pretty radical charismatic church. It was never anything like this. This is so far over the top. I can't even, I mean, it, this is just absolute insanity. What I'm seeing here. I can't find a picture of that. It seems like they, they might've taken that out of there. Maybe that was not something they want to um, uh, advertise the Bible getting intimate with a bed in, uh, in bed with a football. Yeah. Um, since then crossroads has tried to actually outdo itself though. That wasn't enough. In 2024 lead female pastor, Allie Patterson. Now one of them says 2020 and another, but th this is footage they're acting like just happened. So I'm pretty sure it was this year. She punted a Bible decorated as a football across the stage in the crowd. And here, I'm going to play this. I know you're not going to be able to see it, but I will give you the Twitter link if you want to watch it. But I am going to play this to commentate a little bit. It's not very long. Um, let's go ahead and see if I can get this to come up here. Okay, so I'm watching the Twitter video of her doing this. This female pastor dressed up in a Kansas City Chiefs jersey with her weird shoes and she is, um, I mean, I, I just cannot imagine having just absolutely zero fear of God to do something like this, where she's, the guy puts the Bible down like you would a football, kind of like on its, like, um, one corner down and another corner up, and she kicks it past this other pastor into the crowd, in each quarter, preachers will be given a random phrase that they must effectively work into their message. Okay, so there. This is the rules of the game. They 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 have all this this like game show like showmanship stuff, and they they've got these two people that are acting kind of like the commentators for this thing that's going down at this church, where. Ultimately, they're acting like they're playing this little game of football with some of their sermonettes, their satanic sermonettes interspersed in there. So they have the rules of the game each quarter, each team. They will be given a random phrase and that they must work into their message. Oh, okay, great. And, and this is, they're trying to make this real cutesy thing regarding what they're doing at this church. 
My understanding is these are completely random. They have never seen them before, seriously. You know what's well, hey folks, time to meet our players. Let's head down to the field for today's starting lineups. So they're acting like the pastors are like on on these teams and they're real football players. And these are the starting lineups and they're, they're announcing them and they're coming out to all this fanfare and music and cr uh, crowds screaming for them. And it's like, this is so incredibly satanic and unbiblical. I, it's like it just leaves you speechless. The myth, the legend, Brian Tome. So this is their head pastor, Brian Tomey or Tomb or whatever. He should be Tomb. So he goes. He goes through the the crowd and he's 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 high fiving everybody and like you know he's big man on campus and all the lights and the smoke and all this stuff at this church. It's, it's not a church in God's eyes. Let's hear it for Team Mingo. So this is the team against him. So again, it's it's really right left paradigm. In their own churches. Oh, you got this team and the other. Well, it's okay. The San Francisco 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs. So you got to pick a team. You got to be. And that's, and that's what we have in politics. That's what we have with everything. You got to pick a team. Right, left paradigm. Problem, reaction, solution. Hegelian dialectic. You've got to always have some tribe that you associate yourself with. And again, it's, it's their way of creating drama and I, I guess entertainment and whatever. So here's this female pastor that kicks the thing she's running through and, and going crazy. I mean, there looks like there's thousands of people at this place. Okay, so now they're doing the coin toss where they're going to decide who kicks off, who kicks the Bible. Okay. And it's the female pastor against one of the, uh, the uh, I don't know, maybe this guy's the senior, pa I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess he's the senior one. Okay, so he does look a little bit older. I'm, I'm a little bit confused about all the abomination of clergy that they've got going on there. So they're asking each one about coin, the coin toss. Call it when it lands. Call it in the air. Tails, what I be kicking. It, uh... Oh, so he says, tails, what I be kicking. Like he's going to kick her tail, this female pastor. Oh, isn't that biblical? Yeah, let's just go with tails. Would you like to kick or receive the Bible? I will receive. So would you like to kick or receive the Bible? Yeah, I'm not making this up. This is, And they, they're putting this out in their own promos, glorying in their shame, no fear of God. What they need, here's what they need. They need a real spiritual cleansing. They need that judgment. Although this isn't the house of God. But they call themselves that. They need fire and brimstone. They need pillars of fire coming down and consuming these devils. You know what would happen if that did happen on, on, on this on these devil, probably absolute total Satanists posing as pastors, they're wolves in sheep's clothing, hirelings that have no true love for the flock. I guarantee you, if you saw God's judgment, I guarantee you if, if you saw them consumed in a pillar of fire, or that they're maybe their tongues turn black and rot out of their maggot infested heads in the sight of all men. Why? 
that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider God's doing, and the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart would glory, according to Psalm 64. And great fear would fall upon the body of Christ like it was in Acts when Ananias and Sapphira were judged. And many were converted. Maybe somebody, in the, maybe some people in this church would actually get saved. Because you're not going to convince me that any of these people are saved. If the Holy Spirit was living inside any of these people, why would they just sit there and let them kick the Bible and do all these worldly things and commit all this blasphemy and have no problem with it? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't live within them. They're, and their conscience has probably been seared with a hot iron. And they have no love for the truth. They have none. And they are under strong delusion, like the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, I pray their souls be saved, if it be possible. I really do. I don't want to see them go to hell. But they're all on their way to hell at this church. All of them. I don't see how, I mean, unless, like, there were some people there to pray against it. Like, you know, I've done that before. How could the Holy Spirit be indwelling and, and the Holy Spirit is going to convict you of sin. It's going to convict you of wickedness. It's going to be your guide. You couldn't, you couldn't, like, you would have a problem with this. Okay? And they don't. They're cheering. And they come back week after week after week. And they love to have it so, as the Bible says. For among my people are found wicked men. Jeremiah 5.26, for among my people are found wicked men. They lay wait as he that setteth snares. A snare is like a trap, a way of catching an animal. They set a trap. They catch men. That's what uh, this church, uh, one of many, thousands and thousands across the landscape, maybe some of them are just lukewarm. Maybe some of them are really, really overt in their blasphemy. But whether they know it or not, they're trying to catch men. They're trying to damn their souls. While they promise them liberty, oh, I'm sure that they promise a lot of liberty at this church. Oh, you can do this, or you can do anything short of sin, according to them. All I've seen is sin. They haven't stopped short of sin. They have delved, they have dived into it head first. Everything about this church is a sin. So they haven't tried to avoid sin. That's all they that's all they participate in. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. So um therefore they be they are become great and wax and rich. Oh, I'm sorry, but I was the one verse I was talking about. While they promised them the they are these types of pastors. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. Like these pastors we're talking about. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. The people in these churches like this, they're, they've been overcome and they're in bondage. They just don't see their spiritual chains. If their spiritual eyes were opened up to their spiritual state, they would be horrified because they probably all think they're in good stead with God. They're 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 pretty good with God. Yeah, we could do this. We have liberty to do this. I've been promised this liberty. 
you you haven't been promised that you can go commit blasphemy and gr and grieve the holy spirit over and over and over again and make a mockery of christ and glory in your shame We haven't, we haven't been given that kind of liberty to do that. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Therefore, they're become great and waxen rich. Oh, I guarantee you, these all these pastors at this church, they're probably doing pretty good financially. Yea, they're waxen fat. And that's a way of, of basically, you know, waxen rich, waxen fat. They, waxen means grow. They shine. Yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to describe you one of the commercials they put out. I've never even seen a commercial like it. It's so wicked and so evil and, and so over the top. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper. Like they're prospering. And the right of the needy, do they not judge? Oh, no. No. I guarantee you their benevolent fund's probably the least thing, if they even have one that they worry about. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation? As this? And it's funny, it's talking about these certain people, but then it says a nation, because maybe God in his wisdom knew that typically when you're seeing this dynamic going on, for among my people are found wicked men, plural, typically when that gets to a certain point, it's it's the whole nation's condoning it essentially oh the world loves this and this is their seeker friendly yeah shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this and are we right on the cusp of god's judgment with all these wicked races pouring over our borders unmitigated and this has been a long time coming Chinese military age Chinese men, Muslims emptied out the South American and Central American prisons of the worst of the worst. All oh, they're just waiting for their orders. They're all those Muslims are waiting for their to get greenlit and our own governments making all that happen. Is that how God's going to be avenged on such a nation as this? At least one of the many ways. When God lets those floodgates open, I don't I can't even imagine. Now, God always preserves a remnant. So, I would just pray for the Lord's mercy. Pray for God to protect you. Pray, you know, your family. A lot of psalms that you could be praying. Try to wake people up. However, you're convicted. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. And the priests bear rule by their means. Not by the Bible's means, but by their means. And... My people, those that would call themselves Christians in this case, love to have it so. Oh, that's that congregation's loving it. They're eating it up. They they man, they go there to get entertained. Get a little bro cream religion, a little dabble, do ya? That's an older bro cream was like old. An old product they used to have. Even before my time, even really. And my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? So I'm going to finish this little video out. Tom wins the toss, chooses to receive the Bible. Patterson back with the kick. So they got the guys got the Bible down like a football. It's it's even got like a football like cover, 
And this woman is doing a kickoff of the Bible. And this guy's there, I think the senior pastor's there trying to receive it, but she kicks it over, uh, I think his right shoulder into the crowd. She kicks it so hard. Here it goes. Kick. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You kick the, the, the Bible. Let's just say the word of God. Let's say it's a King James. I don't know if it is. Probably not. But kicked it right into the crowd. Everybody's real happy and everything's good. Can you even get a touchback? First time in 18 years there's a touchback. Oh, first time in 18 years. I, I guess, I don't know whether they do this every single year, I guess. Some form of it. There was another year that they did a onside kick. And there was a more of a scrum for the Bible. I mean, we are talking blasphemy on levels I, I I can't even possibly even imagine. But that's just that's just the norm at this disgusting place. This year's service featured a very elaborate entrance by the participating players in a wild stage entrance featuring secular hype music, confetti, a band, contestants running through the crowd carrying a spicy casserole i'm not even gonna play that video it's so weird this is wild pastors at the crossroad church make their entrance into the auditorium to have a preaching contest i guarantee you you are gonna hear right down the line fire and brimstone you're gonna hear a lot of preaching on hell and the consequences of living in sin no you you will never ever ever hear anything like that in these churches but yeah they have a preaching contest for their super bowl themed uh church party there's you want to watch that video i'll give you the link on a previous year the pastors on stage kicked a bible like a football only this time it appeared to be a squib kick trying to recover an onside kick resulting in the pastors diving for the bible in a scrum and i if you want to watch that, I give you the link. It's a it's basically the link at the bottom of this report. Uh, their Super Bowl of preaching also had a number of parody acts that played in between the actual competition portion. One of these included a parody of a roadside assistance company, Triple A, instead calling it Load Side Assistance. Now, remember these are a parody ad. They evidently played, I think. I don't know if this was just at the church or if it was actually on TV, but it's called Loadside Assistance for People Struggling with Severe Diarrhea and Gut Issues and who make a mess uh, uh, like of feces in their pants over themselves and then they need a cleanup so they call this triple a load side assistance and one of their main pastors is in the video he's on a supposed date with some girl and it shows his stomach start to rumbling and he's got to get out of there because he's going to have an explosive diarrhea moment and then he has it in his pants i'm not going to play this but i'll just describe it to you and you can hear all the sounds and everything it all coming out in the ad. Now, this is being broadcast to his church at bare minimum. And then it shows the next scene where he's, he's he was like in a kitchen or something where he couldn't, he couldn't get to a bathroom in time. And it shows this triple A load side assistance, like triple A roadside assistance, like you have for your car. Well, this is load side because of the feces load in your pants. They come 
and they help him out and they help strip him down and wash him down and then it shows him taking out his pants and you can see the feces all over his pants as they're carrying that out and putting it into a bag like for disposal and this is supposed to be funny humor that is being and this is the pastors the people that, that supposedly the congregation are supposed to you know look up to as their spiritual overseers I mean, these people are so unbelievably unqualified to be pastors, all of them, that they don't care about the biblical qualifications to be a pastor or deacon or an elder. None of that matters. None of them are. They're all devils and they're most likely Satanists, making a mockery of Christ and a mockery of supposed people that call themselves Christians. Yeah, and they ran that. I, I watched the commercial. I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. It was far worse than anything I'd even shown you, really. I mean, in a way. I mean, I understand you can't compare to kicking the Bible across the stage, but just the really sick, gross uh, nature of that commercial. And literally, I'm not really doing it justice. And I'm not saying you should watch it. I don't even give a link for it. The, the, you'd have to access the link at the bottom. But yeah. Yeah, you saw the the feces all over the pants as they're taking it away. I'm like, you don't even see that stuff on secular TV. Typically something that graphic. But hey, anything goes, man. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. See, anything short of sin. See, that's not short of sin. In their eyes, because why? Well, their conscience has been seared with a hot iron to do those things which are not convenient, which means in the Bible, which basically means apt or fitting. And in that regard, they're talking about men with men, women with women. Well, that's very, very similar. I mean, if their consciences are seared that bad, oh, I guarantee you they got gays and lesbians in this church and, and every other kind of abomination taking place. Who knows what it'll be if that if this is allowed to continue? But I pray God's absolute total fury and judgment on this wickedness for the reasons that I stated earlier from a biblical standpoint. They need God's judgment. Moreover, then the halftime show mid-sermon featured music by Usher, some devil rock band or whatever, rapper, ACDC. Now, ACDC sings Hell's Bells. And um, I have a, a story about them. Yeah, I, I I was never a big ACDC fan back in the day. I went to a ton of concerts. I went to Iron Maiden um, and, uh, man, oh, I, I saw a lot of 80s rock band uh, back in the day, back in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. So I'm just looking at ACDC um, and some of their their famous uh their most famous songs 40 most famous songs uh soul stripper okay um let's see here evil walks okay um let's see here because i mean this is one of the the bands that they're playing in the church okay i, I hear these i hear a lot of their songs still i mean if you watch clips of stuff you'll hear acdc stuff played at all kind of professional venues have a drink on me. Uh, overdose. Hell ain't a bad place to be. Oh, yeah? 
not when you plunge into it, if you want blood. Um, that one I can't even say. It's too inappropriate. Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Sin City. And they had their, their demon-possessed uh, little guitar player. They're all demon-possessed, but shows them playing before it looks like about 200,000 people in this particular rock venue. Angus, I'm pretty sure it was Angus Young was their demon-possessed, weird, dressed up like a schoolboy from like Britain guitar player. Angus Young, I'm pretty sure was his name. And then I believe Brian White. Let me just see. I'm sorry, Brian Johnson, their, their lead singer. Brian Johnson was at my house when I grew up. I now I never saw them in concert. They were a little bit too big of a venue to come to Fort Myers, Lee, Lee County Civic Center, which probably had the worst acoustics of any place you could have ever went. And um, but I saw a lot of rock concerts. I saw a lot of hardcore stuff. Iron Maiden twice, Twisted Sister twice. Oh my word, Rat, Bon Jovi. Maybe Def Leppard, I don't know. I, I kind of forget, it's all hazy. I was usually wh whacked out of my mind at these concerts. I did some of the craziest stuff at these concerts that I, I can't even believe that I didn't go to jail on multiple occasions. It was like, God was literally looking out for me in my life because I've done some stuff in my life on a craziness level that I can't even believe when I look back that I'm even here. Just, I shouldn't be. I really shouldn't be. God's been so merciful to me. But yeah, Brian Johnson was their lead singer. Now, I think they're still touring. But anyway, um, I don't know. I saw something that maybe they are. I don't know. But I, I don't know if they're still touring. But um, my parents met him on Captiva Island, which... Um, is what it's the island right next to Sanibel if you've ever heard of any of the islands in southwest Florida and it Sanibel has a road that goes over to Captiva and um Captiva is actually named that because there were pirates way 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 back in the day and that was one of the places that they held women captive so they called it Captiva I, I researched the the uh history of that area when I lived there a lot I read a lot of books about that type of stuff. Anyway, um, and they, my, my parents, you know, they were always I mean, big time into rock and roll and, and all that stuff. I mean, I grew up, my, my dad had a stereo system that was like insane. Um, it was one time it was only one of like 10 in the world where he had a stereo system like this, an entertainment room. He was like the very, very advent of what you consider today an entertainment room. And, um, that's where my dad sunk a ton of money. And yeah, they invited Brian Johnson over. They met him on Captiva, I believe on the beach. And they invited him over for dinner. I wasn't there at the time. I was actually away. But I never did meet him. Then then they bailed Sly of Sly and the Family Stones out of jail. He got thrown in jail playing a venue where I was in Fort Myers, where I was at. And my parents bailed him out of jail. And, um, you know, he was, he got like for thing, he, he's got a ton of famous songs, everyday people and, uh, a 
bunch of songs you'll hear in like commercials and stuff, Sly and the Family Stones. And um, I was at computer camp when they bailed him out of jail. But then I came back and um, he stayed with us. He stayed with us on more than one occasion. And I would get up in the morning and I mean, he'd be in the guest bedroom. <laughs> Sly and the Family Stones. One time I went in, they had nair all over his face. I guess that's how he shaved. She gets pictures of me and him playing backgammon and, and hanging out and stuff. And he was, I mean, he was cool. I mean, but my parents, I mean, my parents, they, they, it was like national news and they wanted to know who my parents were. And it was like, they called themselves Mr. And Mrs. X. And we got our, our friend attorney to represent us to, to get Sly. And they spent thousands trying to get thoughts. I mean, it was, it was money wasted, but I mean, that's the type of environment I grew up in. That, I mean, that's just, my parents were that way, okay? And um, so, yeah, Brian Johnson from ACDC has been, was at my parents' house and ate dinner there on at least one occasion, if not more, I, I you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, these are the, these are, this is ACDC. Um, let's see here. Um, I'm just looking at their songs, Riff Raff, Highway to Hell. Yeah, Highway to Hell. I wonder if that's the one. And then Hell's Bells, their, their sixth most famous song. So yeah, they had some really Christian lyrics. Um, Back in Black. And then, um, yeah. So this is, the, this is the same church that's playing ACDC. Uh, and then for this one, the pastor was recreating Miley Cyrus's viral video, Wrecking Ball. So I'm just going to go ahead and play that brief clip. The 2024 Super Bowl of Preaching Halftime Show. So they're recreating their own halftime show with all this blasphemous, garbage, secular, satanic music. And and I guess they got, they're trying to outdo anything that you could even see at the uh, the Super Bowl, evidently. I think that's one of the pastors, this one of the little worm pastors in the middle, dressed like like some rapper in some gold outfit, and they're doing this big thing with the crowd. Um, it, it's just the blasphemy never ends at this point. So Usher, whatever that I guess that guy, that rapper guy, I think I don't know. I don't really know anything about him. Let's go! I think this is ACDC. Yeah, this is ACDC. They're playing. They got the, the guy, the lead guitar guy out there jamming out a riff. They got all this lightning bolt uh, slamming down from the background, and, and their big gigantic Megatron screens. And everybody's going crazy. They got a band back there playing. The the all these people are just acting like total fools and idiots. I mean, if this isn't the world, I don't know what is. And then it has the referee, the referee that's refereeing the, the, the supposed fake Super Bowl game. He comes out, and all of a sudden, this big wrecking ball is in the middle of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay? And there's a video Miley Cyrus did, I've probably done some ex uh, exposing it, where she's pretty sure she's naked um, in the video, and she's on top of this big wrecking ball singing about this. And so they're recreating this, so they have their referee on top of this wrecking ball that's going to do this little thing now. So he's, he's on top of the wrecking ball like Miley Cyrus was, you know, like she's all up there real provocative and sexy. And he's kind of trying to do the same thing, uh, this guy referee. And they're swinging him around and, oh, it's so wonderful. absolute total insanity chaos it just blasphemy everywhere but remember according to them they're stopping short of sin there, there's nothing about this that's sinful maybe 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 they're pushing the boundaries a hair but there's nothing in this obviously that their god wouldn't approve and i agree i satan would approve of all of this he loves it when the churches make try to make a mockery of Christ and glory in their shame. He loves it. So they are doing Satan's service very, very well. I mean, from that standpoint, it's very commendable from a satanic standpoint. You can actually view the entire this entire abomination right on their website. I give you a link for it. I wouldn't advise doing it, but you can. So the author of this, his commentary, uh says yet hast thou not walked after their ways nor done after their abominations but as if it were a very little thing thou wast corrupted more than they all in thy ways so god's rebuking this is in ezekiel and he's condemning this to i need to get the better more of the context here but um he's basically god saying you were corrupted even more than all the ways of the world and all their abominations. You're going beyond that. And that's what I've just described to you. The things that I played and things of this. Uh, and it says, as I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom, thy sister hath not done, nor her daughters has, has as thou hast done, thou and thy daughters. Meaning you've done worse. And dare I say, that's what we just showed you or, or what you just heard. Not even Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities. Uh, about them in like manner, giving them over, their, over themselves to fornication and going after strange flesh who are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Not even all that. Did they did um, did they do what is being done now by these so-called Christians, no less? Allow me to put this in simple terms. These people are going to spend all of their eternity burning in hell and the lake of fire and will be utterly destroyed along with the rest of this God-hating country and all those that condone this and participate in this unless they repent. Because unless they repent, there's no there's no hope of them getting saved. You can't go to God with a filthy mind and, and just thinking blasphemy is good and just whatever and say, yeah, I'm going to get saved. You can't do that. You, you, none of these people are saved. They're not. They don't want anything to do with God. They're wicked. They're vessels of Satan. They love evil. They're, it's all being shown.
Now, if they repent, which is a changing of the mind, that's what repentance means, and they turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, yeah, God can save them. And to you who are troubled with the rest of us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and they that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his powers. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because of the testimony among you that was believed in that, believed in that day. That's the Bible verse that, that he has at the end there. So, Okay, so I set the stage for the next thing for part two. Okay, so if this, I think it's important to listen to part one about what we're talking, because we're laying a foundation of two great examples of the state of the world and the church, particularly the church. We're setting the stage for why part two is going to ring, hopefully, so true to you. So God bless you and we will see you in part two.